Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. I want to talk this morning about growth. Um, and what I want to, you can go to the next slide. What we're calling this morning is we're calling it the mindset of growth. And I'll click it over here in a second. And so in the mindset of growth, it means that we play a participation in this place of learning to be ministers. And, uh, and so as we think about this as this place of, of, of growth, <clears throat> you know, when I became a Christian, one of the first things that I memorized was in 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it talks about after you've come to Jesus, this whole thing has changed. You become a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And uh, I remember reading that, and for some reason, you know, I missed that part where it says it has begun. <laughs> the new has begun is the way that it would be. Because I, in my mind, I thought, you know, I have a lot to learn, and I'm, I, I need to learn how to live in this, right? And so this whole thing about when we talk about our position in Christ and, and where we are, we have to understand that we have been brought into Christ, we have been brought into the family, we are actually heirs, we're co-heirs, God's purpose and God's grace, His grace, that, His purpose, His grace has been given to us, and we are able to go around and bring God and reflect to bear His image so when people, we interact with people, they actually can see God, and it can change their life, you know, and so we're designed and uniquely gifted by God for this purpose. And so when I looked at that, I, I, I began looking at it and I realized there's this place <clears throat> that this new thing has happened. The moment, no matter who you are, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you are brought into the family and the Holy Spirit dwells within you and you're an heir and you are a new creation and you've been given access as a co-heir to Christ, the same things Christ has for the things that God has given you to do. As you think about that, you know, I, I think about how it is that we are something, and yet we're starting to be that moment we start transformation at the same time. And the best way to describe it is just to think of a regular kid. You know, when you think of, I think one of the most beautiful scenes with kids is this. You got the kid who's trying to walk, right? And the parents are right there, cheering them on. And the brothers and sisters are there. Yes, 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 yes. And the kid is, no, no, crash, no, crash, yes. And eventually, this kid gets the coffee table, and then he starts walking. Everybody's cheering, right? And then he starts walking. And the kid goes, I'm a walker. I knew it. See, a child has a growth mindset. They just, have you watched kids? They just like, they're just, I'm an adult and I'm going to get there somehow. I'm, I'm going to grow up. And they just start thinking about how do I grow? How do I grow? You know, you can see that over and over. And there's this place, I use the example of riding a bike, it can be anything, is that you have this place with the beautiful, the way it works is this, this child is so loved, it's safe. 
And they're so, that, that parent wants to call out what is in that child, and they're alongside them, cheering them on, and all of a sudden, I can't ride a bike, you can ride a bike. You are a bike rider. I don't think I'm a bike rider. Yes, you are a bike rider. And they come along and they begin again pedaling and falling and pedaling and falling and they learn I'm a bike rider. I'm a walker. I'm a runner. I'm a reader. And it just goes on and on and on. These things that were there, they've learned how to walk in the identity and who they are, right? And the same is true for us. We are a child of God, and we have been designed and particularly gifted to love God with all our heart and to love others in a way that's beyond ourselves, to with the love of God. He has made us this way. And we have God the Father and our brothers and sisters around us to help us learn how to do that. You know, we, as we talk about this, this is what we're going to be talking about this morning is just what it means to have a growth mindset as a child of God. What does that look like? How do we grow into being both loved and ministered to God as the errors show towards us? Discovering all the, receiving all that God has for us. And then how do we grow in giving, being the gift to those around us? And taking those things that God has given us and being the image bearers of God and, and being used for the very purposes with the grace of God to other people in their life. All right. Now, we're going to go through a, a scripture and that I think is one is really helpful in talking about this. Let's go through this together. Now, you know, first, first tip. A growth mindset is someone who listens to God. And one of the best ways we listen to God is we listen to God, Holy Spirit through Scripture, right? This is what this whole series is. So as we're reading this, understand that God's talking, and He's talking through His inspired Word to, to speak to us, all right? So listen to what He's saying to you as we're reading this. John says it this way, he says, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much, and all who live in, oh, excuse me, we know how much, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So, we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is, not from, the fear, it is from the fear of punishment. And this shows that we are not, we are not fully experienced, we have not fully experienced his perfect love. That's so good. As we go through this, is this is helping us understand where growth comes from and how that looks. Let's just break it down into two sections. We're going to start with the first section here. Click over to that next section. 
Next section will be, let's just go to this first section. Now, I think it starts out well. It says, all who declare that Jesus is Son of God, in other words, that's where it starts. The first truth is, growth starts by coming into relationship with God. <laughs> spiritual growth, right? If you want to spiritually grow, you've got to be connected to God through Christ. And so, all those who are declaring Jesus, all those who have trusted and received Jesus for their forgiveness of their sin, who've received his forgiveness, his mercy, his righteousness, new identity, his new purpose, all those who have received them, it's, we've become God's children. We actually become, have the right to become his children as soon as we do that. And it goes on to say, what happens is, they have God living in them, and they live in God. That's pretty wild. You can put a bumper sticker on your car now. God lives in me, right? And I live in God. Yeah, ESV says, it calls that word abide. But I think this whole thing of understanding that this is this place in which that we're in this connection and relationship that is always there that we actually live in God and God lives in us, if we think about that. Now, that is dependency. And we say this quite often, but it's always worth saying again. As children of God, growing means becoming more greatly dependent on God the Father. You know, if you have a teenager, you're praying for them to become independent, right? You're looking, you're moving that direction, right? But in the kingdom of God, we are always his children, and we are to grow in intimacy and dependence upon God. Us in God and God in us. We are to grow in abiding in God, right? We know the, the scripture that Jesus says, I am the branch, you are the vine, apart from me, you, you're the vine, I'm the branch, apart from me you can do nothing, right? If, if, that's your only source to growth. And so understanding that growth starts with coming into relationship, growth comes from intimacy and dependency on God, right? And the other thing we see here is the next part, which is pretty amazing. Says, we know how, no, there we go. We know how much God loves us and that we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. And there's, now it's talking about this abiding and what happens when this takes place. And when we, when we live in God and God lives in us, this crazy thing happens in which that our love starts becoming perfected or complete. And so growth comes from intimately depending on God, but here's the thing about it. When you want to know what the substance of growth is and you want to know what the measurement of spiritual growth is, it's the same thing, and that is love. The substance of growth is love, and the measurement of spiritual growth is love. 
what God wants us to do is understand that this whole thing that he speaks about, and, he, and again, we say this a lot too, this relationship with loving God with all your heart and loving one another are all part of our relationship with God. And as we live in those places with God, we experience the love of God, and then our love increases and is perfected. You know, in, in John 4, not very far before this, here's how he puts it. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we, ought, we surely ought to love one another. Now listen to this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. All right? And here's what I'm saying. I have had lots of times in my life that my measure of spiritual growth was not love. I, I've had seasons where it's been different than that, right? I've had one period of my life where literally I thought I was extremely spiritual because I just could quote Bible a lot. I had a theology for every problem you had. If you came to me, I could give you all these Bible truths. And we love the Bible. It's God's inspired word. But the problem was, is I thought knowledge was growth. Now, I'm not saying knowledge doesn't attribute to growth, but that's very different than spiritual growth. And I started thinking about other times I've had other things I've done is I've had times, have you ever had this, have you ever had someone who is, ex, they, you can tell they, they believe they're extremely spiritual, but they don't seem to like anybody? <laughs> have you noticed that? It's like, how can this be that someone is saying, I'm spiritually mature, <laughs> and, but I'm independent of others. They don't get it. You know, I've, I've been there. I've had my seasons. How about this one? I'm spiritual because I, ex I, I move in the power of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Isn't that spirituality? Man, I can pray for you. I can prophesy. I can cast out demons. I have power. The, I, I'm, I'm big on that, right? Now, here's what's funny. I've been in all those camps. A church that's been on all those camps is the Corinthians, right? If you look at Corinthians, it's these people who are operating independently and thinking they're spiritual, believing that their knowledge is what is going to, take, is going to make them spiritual, and really is proud of how powerful they operate in the spiritual gifts. Do you remember that? And what Paul says to them is knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, builds up. He says, oh, how can you say to the rest of your body <laughs> of Christ, I don't need you? And then he goes, you can, have all, you can have all knowledge and all wisdom and all gifting in the power of the Holy Spirit, but if you don't have love, you have nothing, right? Love is the measurement and the substance of growth. Now, let's go to the next section. He goes on to say, this is really cool. When you're in this intimate relationship with God, growing in the place of trust 
and intimacy and dependency. It says, as this perfect love is growing, is so that we will not be afraid in the day of judgment. But we can face him, God, with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. We can face Jesus with confidence because we live like him in this world. A little highlight there. We're supposed to live like him in this world. <laughs> right? This is, this is what a minister does. He lives like Jesus in this world. That's why we're the body of Christ. We live like Jesus in this world. But as you look at this, you know, it's this place in which that it says, such love has no fear because, it is, because perfect love expels all fear. If you're afraid, it's for fear of punishment, and it shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Growth comes when God's love begins expelling our fear so that we can live, as Danielle put it, in our truest self, and so we can actually risk and live and bear the image of Christ in our life. You know, uh, getting back to the, the picture of, uh, of kids, you know a kid that does well is a kid that knows in the depths of their being that they're deeply loved. That's what a kid does well. A kid does well when they live in expectation and hope and not fearing what's coming. You get a kid in that place, guess what? They grow. <laughs> they grow like crazy. And the thing about it is, is that, that you look at Jesus. What is Jesus always saying to his disciples as he challenged them to step out? Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Why? Because he knows fear will keep them from doing the things that God is asking them to do. Right? I don't worry. I'm, I'm never going to leave you. I know you're afraid I'm not going to leave. I'm not. No, I know, I know your future is it's really good. I, there's a place I'm preparing for you in heaven. If it weren't so, I wouldn't tell you. I mean, why is he saying these things? Because he is a loving father. He's, he's speaking of the heart of a loving father. And he's helping us understand this place of love. Because in that spot, when we don't have fear, things change because we can start living out. And, but when we have fear in our life, all right, when fear dominates, it cripples us. Man, fear is ruthless on us. You guys know what I mean? Fear disables us. It disqualifies us. Fear threatens us. You know, God is inviting us into this thing to step out, but we're just afraid. You know? And here's the thing. You don't get over fear by gritting your teeth and willing yourself over it. <laughs> You get over fear by going into greater dependency and receiving more of God's love, right? And that's where growth takes place. Now, fear always, remember this, fear always opposes faith and trust. God is looking for you to trust 
And fear will try to keep you from doing that. Now, so as we look at this, the next one here, let's just review. First, growth starts by coming into relationship with God. Growth comes from an intimate independence on God. Growth is more love. It's the measurement and it's the substance. Both in loving God, loving one another in the body of Christ, the whole body, by the way, not just VCC, the whole body, and loving the world to greater and greater degrees. And there's this thing about love, is love that we express always builds love and perfects it. That's growth. And growth is God's love expelling our fear. It's his love taking away the fear that's keeping us from living in our truest self and our true identity. The next one you can click on. This is one I just want to kind of, I want us to kind of close with and get kind of practical on. Is, um, no, go back one more. I'm not sure what happened. Well, anyway, that's good enough. Go back, go on to the next one. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Growth comes when we listen to God, not fear, and do what he says. This is where I want to land. And even though the other points were quite amazing, and you should take them in, this is the point I want you to, if you've drifted off, come back to life here, listen to this one point. Growth comes when we listen to God, not fear, and do what he says. Growth comes when we begin putting our weight on what God says is true about us and what he'll do. Growth comes when we take a step and we trust in what God says in our actions. This is this whole thing where we, God wants to teach us to walk by the Spirit. And that's what growth more growth comes. It's when we hear God nudging us, and sometimes it's not perfectly clear, and we say yes to it, and we do it. We listen for what God says, and we do it. Now, let me close with the next one here. This is going to be some things I always want to talk about of that spot. You guys know this spot? When you feel God inviting you in to, to take a step or telling you, David, I want you to do this. And, you know, you guys in that spot, and you're in that, you're in that place that you, it may not, you, you kind of, you got, you kind of pushed away, but you know God's speaking. I want to give you some instructions in this spot because this is where if you want to grow, you grow by walking and putting weight on what God says is true. A couple things that would be helpful. God's not looking for a ch- God is looking for a child who trusts, not perfection. Really important. You guys ever heard that thing? I don't, I've heard this so many times as a pastor. I'm afraid to step out. I'm afraid I'm going to mess somebody up. <laughs> God is not looking for perfection. Just look at my life. All right, just, I mean, it's not looking for perfection. He's looking for trust. That's a whole different way of approaching this. He can look pretty goofy and please God. I've done goofy many times in my life, 
He's not looking for that. Well, let me, let me, I, I didn't want to, okay, I, I prayed about this, and I thought, I don't want to tell that story, it's embarrassing. But this is good to humiliate myself in front of you. <laughs> I want to tell you about somebody who, uh, no, this is me. I was at a national conference at Vineyard, and uh, I was kind of wandering around and feeling God's presence a lot. And I happened to go right down the center, and there's like maybe 2,000 people all around. There's lots of ministry going on. <laughs> and I find myself having this tremendous compassion for this guy that's sitting, big guy, sitting up against the thing, not asking for prayer, just sitting there. And I feel like I should pray for him. <laughs> and I think, okay. I'm in another town, it won't matter. <laughs> so I just put my hand on him to pray for him, and he dropped to the ground and closed his eyes and began shaking. And then everybody looked at me like, I want you, I want to watch this. This guy's really got this thing together. I have no idea what to do. I am so self-conscious. I, I act real like spiritual, you know. I'm thinking... How do I get out of this? What, what is, I was just, I mean, everybody kept coming around. And so I finally said, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know what to do. So I just, I said, I got some young kids that looked like they had a lot of love and said, would you sit by him and pray? And I went and found somebody who I thought might help me and says, can you come and help? And they did a great job in praying all these things happened. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, why would I that was so stupid. He wasn't looking for perfection. I, it took me a long time to realize that I blessed God because I trusted. <laughs> and I stepped out and looked pretty stupid. I, I, and on a smaller scale, I remember I was at this one early on the church plan. I remember I had this I was just so praying for this person with such passion. And of course, in our, our church, we always check in because sometimes you just, we want people to have a voice. And I'm just certain all my, all my words are just helping this person. And I said, how are you doing? He says, I think a little worse than when I got here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, I don't know what that was about. So <laughs> just saying is, when we start thinking about perfection, we are going to get, it's going, fear's just going to come in and run that whole thing. It's not about perfection. It's about a child trusting, right? When your kid's learning to walk, you don't go, oh my gosh, you fell down. Oh no. Give up, brother. Don't do that again. <laughs> you know, no. We let them whack their face. We let them do all kinds of stuff. We're like cheering them on, right? Because they're trusting and they're into what is true. And we want them to do that. Second thing is this, is anything done out of love, God will use. It's, you, if you're doing it out of love, people know it. I've had people pray for me, and they don't have any dr dramatic thing happen. But I know God's love because they love me, and they're doing it out of motivation of love. So you can't miss. Even if you're going to have a half-hearted love, it works. I mean, it's just, it works. And there is always a degree of risk when we trust God. It's not fear, but you're putting your weight on something that is not natural, that's trusting God. And understand that you will feel 
a degree of risk. Faith is, uh, is always involving a risk, right? But what, it's risk in the kind of thing where it feels so amazing when you do it <laughs> because it's, it's this place of adventure and choosing and God showing up when you know you didn't do that. God is with you and will help you do what he asks. This is something I had a hard time figuring out. I would take assignments from God and then I'd run out and do them. Kind of leaving God back where I prayed with him at, as if he couldn't follow me. I don't know what I was doing, but I thought, okay, I'm going to do this really well. I didn't realize he just comes along with me, and I don't know what to do, and he stays with me in the middle of everything, and the whole way he connects with me as I'm trying to do what he's asking me to do. He loves partnering with us and understanding that he will not leave you after he assigns you. Right? If you're thinking, man, I think I should commit my life to Jesus, and then you think it's some kind of jump off a cliff. No, you're walking into with Jesus to say, yes, I want to receive you. If you're feeling God stepping you out in an area, you're actually saying, God, I want you to go with me as I step out in this area. And your brothers and sisters can help you. <laughs> you know, we have to realize that gifting isn't this, it's this thing of uniquely designed, and everybody in this room is different than everybody else. And we will grow in interdependence on one another when we're operating our gifting. We will, we will get to a spot. We don't have to feel like we're alone in it. We can have others, our brothers and sisters, come along and help us. Small choices are very important. I'm going to highlight this one. Highlight again. All right. Small choices. That choice you have to turn to God when you want to get snappy at your wife or your husband and you find God and you find out how to do that. Small choices where you feel a slight nudge to say an encouraging word to somebody or go and pray for somebody. No, that's a big deal. Let, let the professionals do that. No, those choices that you make are teaching you how to do that in big choices, right? And he loves it when he gives us these choices. We think we, think, we, think we hear a still small voice that's... Not even a whisper, it's kind of a wisp, you know, just part of it. You know, just, and we say, no, I'm, I want to I learn. I want to say yes to that. And I want to bless God by responding. It's a big deal. And then God will give you the gifts and the power to do whatever he asks you to do. He'll provide that through some of the, sometimes it's provided to the body of Christ when you don't want, know what to do when someone's on the ground or you need to pray for somebody, or you need help in this area, or whatever, you need courage. You know, I mean, he will provide what you need, right? Because he's a loving father, and he's giving us a family to learn and do this in. So, here's what we're going to do before the worship team comes up. The, the invitation is about as basic as it gets. Here's the invitation. If you go, to, I have an invitation there somewhere. There you go. Listen to God for instructions and do what you think he's asking you to do. Okay? Now, you can do two things. You can check out or you can do it. Now here's what I'd like you to do. And not all of you will do this, but I might in, I'm encouraging you because, you know, we're Americans. I can't tell you to do anything. I'm going to encourage you to consider possibly doing this. Decide that you're going to say yes before you hear what he says. 
Now, you don't have to do it by yourself, but you're saying, okay, if you, make it, if you, if you give me a hunch about something, I'm going to say yes to it. I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to do it. Where it's small, where it's big.